What's your favorite scary movie? Time, the podcast where two 20-something LGBTs talk the horror movie of the week, real-life crime or events, and if it's worthy of being an honorary gay film. And yes, the titles are puns. I'm Elle. I'm Kate. Happy New Year, everyone! Happy New Year! <laughs> that was very exciting. Um, yeah, this is our first episode of the New Year because we, we missed a week, and that's on me, but thanks, thanks for joining us now. Uh, I hope everyone had a nice and safe holiday and New Year's. Um, we are back, back at it again, uh, this, this time with, uh, The Uninvited, the 1944 version. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I just had to spray my cat. Alright. Um, <laughs> god damn it. He knocked over my trash can. Anyway, we're doing The Uninvited, starring Rayma Land. Uh, this was a blind watch for both of us, right? Yes. Yeah. It was. Um. Yeah, I'd always heard of it because my family has a past with Ray Milland. I don't know if I've talked about this on here before, but, like, he, he, um, my aunt by marriage was his daughter. Like, so, like, whenever we, we'd go to, like, my aunt and uncle's house, like, they had his Oscar just sitting there. Like, my cousin has it in his house now. It's, like, all these family photos and then Ray Milland's fucking Oscar sitting there. It's, it's kind of <laughs> awesome. <laughs> So, I, I remember, like, my dad had the VHS of this, but I never watched it. I was probably too scared. Um, <laughs> so, so let's dive right into that. So, I, I, um, this isn't what I thought it was gonna be, but I didn't mind the, like, I thought it was gonna be more of a straight-up horror movie, like, because it's a ghost haunted house movie, but it's more of, like, a mystery, if anything, right? Like, a gothic uh-huh. mystery? Well, how would you classify yeah. this? Uh... Definitely, it definitely does have the the ghost haunting part of it, but it also felt like a mm-hmm. lot of, um, it sounds, it's gonna sound mean, but, like, melodrama, but, like, not, oh. not, like, meanly. It just, like, because it definitely <laughs> involved family issues and, uh, you know, strangers yeah. and couples and all that stuff. So, yeah, I thought there'd be a lot more uh, ghosts and haunting and stuff involved with it, but uh, not so much. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but I did, but, like, I did like the, at, like, it had a great, like, atmosphere that it created, and all, like, all the cinematography, the lighting, like, the black and white of it all, the yeah. way that they, like, are walking around with candles all the time, so it's all spooky, the, the seance I really thought was cool. Oh, yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it's, it, they approach just even the ghosts in a different way, and, the, like, they're, they're all pretty chill about the ghosts being there. <laughs> Like, oh, oh, shit, we have ghosts in our house. Oh, okay, well, oh, maybe, shit. like, that's, well, let's find out what they want. Like, it's, like, it's a very casual approach, which is kind it of is. fun. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And that they're, like, already aware of the concept of, like, spiritualism and everything. They're just like, all right, ghosts, what do you want? The, the, okay, I was dying at the, like, obviously, we talk about spoilers on here all the time, so spoiler warning. But, um... The way he's just, like, shouting at the ghost at the end and throws the candlestick. I literally was like, piss off, ghost! Piss <laughs> off, <laughs> ghost! <laughs> I don't know. It's so funny. <laughs> this, this had a lot of intentional comedy in it, too, especially towards the beginning. 
It's just like, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot going on here, but I, I don't mind it. I don't, it was just kind of, it was just a pretty chill watch, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. So, oh, we should say what it's about, I guess. Um, yes. yes. <laughs> we're great hosts. So it's about <laughs> this, uh, this brother and sister buy a house because that's, I was thinking about that. First of all, like. Why not? <laughs> I, I, I'd buy a house with my brother. He's cool. Um, <laughs> but it's just so... It's such an odd setup. But anyways, they buy, they buy this house. They're, like, vacationing and just, like, break into this house. They're like, oh, we should buy this. It's this, like, seaside manor in the English countryside. Um, and, of course, the guy sells it to them for, like, nothing. Because he's like, y'all, yes, please. It's definitely not haunted. Please buy this. Um, <laughs> and then they start hearing like, crying in the night. And that's... Uh, already, they're just like, uh, uh, the sister was sleeping there longer than he was because he went back to London for a while, and she's just like, oh, yeah, that's... You know, it's a ghost. What, what are you gonna... <laughs> I don't know. But they're trying to... So, this mainly has, like, a mystery element because they're trying to find out, like, kind of, like, unfinished business or what the ghost wants, and they think it has something to do with the daughter of the lady that died there and all this stuff. Um... Yeah, there's a lot going on. Did you like this movie, first of all, I should ask? I, I liked it. It wasn't my favorite, um, <laughs> but I, I still liked it. It was a it was a good watch. And that's our show. All right, no. <laughs> um, I mean, did you, were you kind of like me? Were you expecting more horror from it? Yeah, I, I think I was expecting more horror. Um, uh, I, yeah, when the, when the, crying setup I, I was like okay yeah here we go we're now we're getting started and then it just kind of like right? they're really chill about it and i'm like yeah <laughs> interesting interesting take um i guess maybe i was expecting more of like when we watched the haunting i think yeah. i was expecting more mm-hmm. of that um because like that definitely creeped me out because the characters were starting to also freak out but definitely the characters in this were just more like Oh yeah, that's probably spirit if it's not any of us making that noise. Um and I think yeah, my favorite part of the whole movie was the séance bit. That was really mm-hmm. It's definitely different from how I've seen like séances been done in other movies, especially in modern times we usually use the Ouija board. Um Yeah, they did like this a one, circular it, Ouija board. Almost. It's circular and they use a glass that they all have a finger on, which I thought was yeah. interesting. I was wondering. Oh, I I meant to I meant to try and look up what she went during the sands when she got like possessed. What she was saying in Spanish because I was wondering. Mm-hmm. I'm like, does this like reveal a lot? Like, if you speak Spanish, do you just figure out what happens right away? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was saying something like it's not it's not like her. Or it's it was saying definitely something like it was like mm-hmm. the thing. If you understood what the guy was saying at the beginning of the thing, like you got the entire movie. Uh, oh, okay. So it's like, oh, it's it's not who you think it is. Uh, it's not her. Uh, get oh, away. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk more about that, I guess, during the third portion about the whole like twist and everything, because I got some stuff to say. But um, yes. Yeah, you mentioned we keep talking about how chill they are. There's literally like just one character, Lizzie. I think she's like the house keeper or something who is immediately like no i'm bye i'm getting the fuck out of here if there's a ghost it's her and the animals yeah (laughs) i'm so glad the animals don't get hurt in this because the animals also are like no goodbye oh yeah i'm not fucking with that 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you, uh, were you trying to, like, what did you think? Did you predict anything about the ending or anything? Not really. I thought, like, oh, this probably isn't who they think it is, but I didn't know who, like, mm. exactly it was. Um, yeah. But other than that, I didn't have much else predicting. So don't don't buy a just... house on the side of a cliff. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, it worked out for them in the end. They just say yeah. piss off, ghost. You know, and, <laughs> I, I would be fine with that. The they basically like IMDb did the math for you, where it's like they basically bought that house for like a hundred thousand dollars, and I was like, oh, I would totally, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, mine is gorgeous. Yeah, like it's really like go- there's lots. I'm assuming they filmed it, like, on location somewhere, but it's really, it's a beautiful house, it's a beautiful, like, the the setting of the seaside and everything, but it's definitely, yeah, it definitely lives in, like, the shade of, like, even though this was made after, of, like, the haunting where you expect more horror, or even, like, the gothic elements are done better in in Rebecca, I think, like, Mm -hmm. because that's not straight up horror, but... I don't know. Yeah, this movie's just too chill almost. <laughs> it's like a hangout movie, but a ghost is there. And people die. Uh, it was one of the first um, Hollywood feature films to portray a haunting as an authentic one, because for the most part previously, Ooh. ghosts had been played for comedy, or like they were practical jokes, or they were just a way to cover for like illegal activities, like the cat and the canary. Uh was a film that I found that had that kind of... It had Supernatural, but it's actually not. Um, So I guess maybe they were just like, hmm, maybe this is how people would react (laughs) to Ghosts in the House. Maybe. (laughs) That's an interesting point. Yeah, I guess maybe this this, uh, predates what we even expected from a ghost movie. So that's why they were just like, yeah. And and this was during the height of spiritualism. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, in context, it makes sense. I think we're just... Yeah, I try, I've, I've been talking a lot, I'm trying not to, like, judge a movie based on what I think it's gonna be, and so yeah. that's why I'm trying to be more open about this, but, uh, yeah. Interesting. Let's, <laughs> gonna think and on that, yeah. They, originally, I don't think that, um, they wanted to have any kind of special effects, because at the end, you do see the ghost, um, yeah. at it, and they, originally, that's they cool. didn't want that, um, oh. and so those were taken out. When the film was distributed in England, um, because this they added the ghost to emphasize the supernatural presence instead of just saying, you know, maybe it's a maybe it's a haunting or maybe it's just like them thinking something is up. Uh, you know how like it's all in your head yeah. or whatnot. So um, it was really loved over there when they removed the supernatural elements, but. Uh, I don't know. I, I thought it was co- the way that they did this, the ghost in the film was really cool. I thought I thought yeah. it was a cool looking effect. So, and I, I like liked how it. it it keeps uh the it, like each time you see it you see more uh the, the image becomes more clear. Like first mm-hmm. it's just like a a shape and then by the end you actually see her face. I thought that was cool. Yeah. And uh, that was apparently different from the whoever modeled for the painting because the actress wasn't available at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked out. So I guess you have a real life event based. It's a haunted house that resides on the coast of England. It was built in 1660. 
Uh, it's called the Newton House. It sits in the heart of the Denver estate. Uh, it's huge. It's it looks like basically like one of those like castles over there, but it's actually just a house. Uh, the people that were home to it was called the Rice family for over three hundred years. They were descendants of the Lord Rice, the powerful prince of the Welsh kingdom of Dinabarth, uh, who ruled from the now ruined Dinifer Castle. Uh, over the years, the house had undergone various redesigns, the most notable in the 1850s when a gothic facade, fashionable at the time, was added. Fashionable always. Uh, that's the <laughs> facade that you see on the house today. Uh, there are some of the original 17th century features that survived, including the grand staircase and the ornate ceilings of the house. Uh, it takes its name from the new town that was built for English settlers in the medieval period. Uh, by the time this house was built, the new town had long since disappeared, but as the house stood on the side of the new town, the family just took inspiration from this in naming their house. Uh, there are four huge paintings of the house and landscape in the main hall that you see when you enter it. Um, the landscape around it was originally formerly gardens, but this was all changed in the mid-1700s. Uh, the uh, couple that was there at the time were inspired by Lancelot Capability Brown to transform their formal gardens into a more naturalistic designed landscape to like have nature and stuff on the grounds. There was also, uh, the, to try and raise funds to keep the house in the mid in the mid 20th century, uh, Richard the Ninth Barton Denevere established a creative program of arts in the house supported by the Arts Council. Uh, in the 1960s, the house hosted prestigious ex exhibitions and performances, including names like Cleo Lane. Uh, this was an attempt to bring a rich cultural program to rural Wales, but it did fail. Uh, and by the mid 1970s, the house and grounds were sold. The National Trust Estate uh, states that the Newton House is thought to be one of the most haunted houses in Britain, and Wales Online cites it as one of the most notably ghostly houses of Wales. Over the years, many ghost sightings or paranormal activity has been allegedly witnessed at the house. The servant's basement is one of the purported centers of activity with numerous sightings, particularly of a ghost known as Walter the Butler who worked at the house. People have reported smelling his tobacco smoke in the room, muffled voices and lights eerily turning on and off on their own accord. Visitors have reported feeling as if they are being choked while walking up and down the cantilever staircase. Uh, this is believed to have been related to the strangling of Lady Eleanor Cadav Cavendish, the cousin of the Lady of Newton House in the, in the 1720s by a lover whom she had rejected. Men all the time. The alleged hauntings <laughs> at the property began to be investigated by television journalists in the 1980s, and on one occasion, crewmen mysteriously fell ill one after the other while shooting there. During one investigation, the specter of a young, beautiful girl was said to have been gliding across the room and disappeared through a cupboard door. The house was later the subject of an investigation in the 11th and 15th series of the Most Haunted program. I believe it can be toured today. Uh, it's still standing. Um, but you can definitely go and check it out and see if it is indeed as haunted as Let's they go. say. Let's go! <laughs> yeah, the the... The feeling of being choked is the one that's most reported from people if you walk on the staircase. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty creepy. Uh, no, thank you. Oh, it, it is a cool-looking house, though. It's very beautiful. Um, but it's it's not as close to the coast as, as this house in the movie is, but it's it's the best one I could find. I'm sorry. Uh, so, How I hope you don't mind. <laughs> I hope you don't mind. 
it's still a very uh, cool looking house and I would definitely love to visit it one day. So that's hell yeah. That's my lovely case uh, <laughs> of the week for relating to our movie. Uh, and because I have no segue, is this anything in this movie that is gay? Is this anything? Well, <laughs> interesting you should ask. So this actually, I thought to do this because it's actually on Criterion Channel right now as part of their, what's it called, like queer-sided, queer horror, like little uh, selection. Yep, and... till the end of the month, so watch it if you have Criterion. Yup. There's, there's, there's some good stuff on there. Uh-huh. Um, part of their collection. but So here's the thing. This one... Okay, so it's obviously gay, but let's unpack <laughs> it. So... so <laughs> it is very... But I was, I was literally like, this is one of the very few things I knew about this movie going in was the Mrs. Holiday character. And I, mm. th- I think... I had... It, had an, I've, God, I can't talk. I've seen her kind of compared to, like, Mrs. Danvers and Rebecca, like, the, the surviving like lesbian obsessor oh, oh obsessing over her the dead that's even like the giant painting and everything because who doesn't have a giant painting in their office of their their dead girlfriend but um <laughs> so so what happens is the uh stella is the she she's the the daughter of the woman that that died there um allegedly so what, allegedly. what we find out allegedly and um, I almost called her Ms. Danvers. Ms. Holloway is this this dyke that comes in during the third <laughs> act and is like, oh, I'll fix this. They'll never know. Talking to her pain. I'm obsessed, first of all, with just her. But I was like waiting for her to come in the whole time. And uh, so what, what what you find what they find out eventually because they think that the the mistress of Stella's dad is is a ghost is the ghost that's trying to kill her that keeps trying to like get her to jump off the cliff mm-hmm. um but we find out that she's actually the daughter of the mistress and it was mary the dead what uh, it was oh, i'm so bad at explaining this you're fine Ma- mary the who we thought was her mother was the one that was trying to kill her it's mm-hmm. like, woo! Oh, the so the it was the dykes that were trying to kill her. So it's that <laughs> in, like it it had like the queerness just has nothing to do with the story, and it's just about oh, but she tried to kill this baby, and now her, the surviving lesbian is trying to do that now too. It's like oh okay, like I I definitely there's. <laughs> Let me uh I'm gonna actually pull up something from um. That I think I've talked about the book Monsters in the Closet before, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone yeah. should read it, especially if what we talk about on the show, if you want someone that's better at doing it. So, <laughs> um, uh, so quote here from Monsters in the Closet. Val Luton's films especially, The Seventh Victim and Ghost Ship, offer complex meditations on the nature of human sexuality, meditations that have proven to be quite sophisticated for their time and not le- necessarily homophobic. Compare them to The Uninvited, in which the evil ghost haunting a young girl is revealed to be an express function of a past lesbian relationship. Within the guise of the psychological horror film, the seventh victim and ghost ship make profound statements on the delirious efforts of the enforced secrecy and repression of homosexuality within individuals. So, like, I don't know. After reading that book and everything, you're just like... Because usually horror, like, like older films with, um, like, hom- uh, homosexual like subtext there's it's usually like from the monster's point of view almost but it's like a sympathetic mm-hmm. thing and it's about like repression and everything and so th- but this is just kind of like oh no yeah that 
they uh you know you see that painting that there's a reason for that i don't know i don't know if you have any opinion on this or if i'm making any fucking sense right now but- no yeah like she has been cited as a lesbian character uh many times so i'm just yeah. i read about that and i was like oh yeah because it's the lesbian undertones in miss holloway uh character um, there was a letter written in 1944 by Father Brendan Larnan of the Catholic Legion of <laughs> Decency to Will Hayes, the Hollywood's head censor, and he said the large audience is a questionable type of fe- attended this film at unusual hours drawn by certain erotic and esoteric <laughs> elements in the film. The letter warned to guard against such subject matter in the screen, uh, on the screen in the future. Sorry, Father, I'm not going to take that advice. <laughs> tell them. Yeah, that's that's the other side of this, though, is that it's just like, I think I just think it's funny that this made people mad. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, oh, she's gay, dude, stop it. Oh. <laughs> Leave her alone. But yeah, I, I guess that just boils down to, we've, we've had discussions in the past of, like, how it's fascinating to even see the mentioning of something like that back then. I think we talked, I think it was during Dracula's daughter when we talked about that, but mm-hmm. um, it may not. And you can cite this for many like queer horror from the past, from, from this that dates back to here, but that like, it's always, it's, it's good to at least like talk about and point out that it's there. Even if it might not be the best representation, but yeah. it's fucking there. And it's that there. means something I think is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Not so eloquently. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any final yeah, thoughts on the uninvited? <laughs> yeah, it's gay. Yes. Um, definitely, I feel like maybe I'll revisit this later on after I've thought about it. I literally just watched this right before we recorded. And so I'm like, <laughs> much to think about because I'm a good host. Um, yeah, I don't know. Check it out, I guess. But it, yeah, it's leaving Criterion Channel, all the... The queer sided stuff is leaving soon, so get on that. Um, I think the haunting's on there, too. Yeah. Speak of the devil. The haunting is so good. Um, yeah, I I would say not if you're gonna watch to not go in expecting like the haunting, uh, in terms of yeah. ghosts and scares and stuff, but just like it's gonna be there, but it's not like the main focus of the entire film. It's just part of it. it- yeah, it might even be a good alternative for people that, like, don't, they're, they're too scared of horror, but want, like, a ghost story. No, my <laughs> mom could probably watch this. Good vibes. <laughs> yeah. If my mom could watch this, then, then you will be fine. Uh, Martin Scorsese <laughs> placed this film uh, on his list as the 11th scarier, scariest horror films of all time, and I need to talk to him urgently, really, asking Marty? him if he's, if have you ever seen a horror movie, <laughs> Martin Scorsese? <laughs> Um, Guillermo del Toro did also list this film as a horror movie that scared uh, and affected him when he was really young, which makes sense because when you're small, that shit scares you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really, Martin Scorsese, you can't say shit. (laughs) This is off topic, but I'm obsessed with that quote of Martin Scorsese where he's talking about like, why the fuck are people like eating outside right now? This isn't Paris. It's not Paris. <laughs> it's not. He's right. He is yeah. right about that. Uh, that is the best quote he's ever mis- he's ever made. All right. So shall we shall we begin our wind down? Sure. Would you like to go first? Okay. 
Well, we've been gone. A, it's been a month, so I watched a lot of shit. Um, <laughs> I have to give a shout out to Promising Young Woman because, oh my fucking god! Oh, I can't wait to watch that. See that? Yeah. So that that was actually what I was thinking about when I said I, to not like judge a film based on what you think it's going to be, and it's another case of like some people are expecting a horror film out of it. I think, and it's definitely not a horror movie. And it's definitely not, like, the rape-revenge movie you might think it's gonna be, but it's so good. Obviously, look for trigger warnings if you're going in. But it's really good. Um, And (laughs) Carrie Mulligan's fantastic in it. Um, I know. um, What else? Well, let's just get down to it. I've been watching The Odd Couple Show. (laughs) (laughs) I have seen. I have seen. I'm not going to beat around the bush here. I have been watching The Odd Couple and nothing else. Uh, we all cope in different ways. Uh, this is how I cope. But you want to talk about gay shit. Don't watch it. <laughs> the gayest shit I've ever seen. It's Because like, I had never watched the show. I was, I'm was i obviously very familiar with the play in the movie. And growing up, like Neil Simon is what got me into theater. But for some reason, I just never touched the show. Maybe because I like held the movie and like... Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau to such high standards. I'm like, well, yeah, that's Felix and Oscar. And I could not consider anything else. <laughs> um, but it's so delightful. And uh, it's on Hulu if, if you need just something. I think it also boils down to, like, it's it's easier for me to watch older things right now. Because if I watch anything made too recently, I, I have COVID brain. And I'm like, where's their mask? Like, I get, like, yeah. freaked out. Like, why are I they, why are you going over to someone's house? Like, that kind of thing. Um... It's just easier. I've watched a lot of older movies, a lot of TCM, and, so, and now I'm watching a 70s sitcom. That's. But I also have been watching, here's the segue, I watched the third season of Cobra Kai. <laughs> Woo! And you just started it, right? Yes, I am almost uh, done with the first season. Oh, okay. I pretty Thoughts? much know all the spoilers anyway, though, so it's okay. <laughs> well, this was, this was supposed to be me handing the baton to you for your wind down, because you wanted to talk about Cobra oh, Kai. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, oh, so, <laughs> I watched a lot of movies recently. Um, like, right after we did our episode, my parents decided we were going to watch It's a Wonderful Life, uh, on Christmas Eve, because we couldn't go to the movies this year, and that's usually what we Figures. do, is we go to the movies on Christmas Day, uh, to see yeah. a film. Um, so we watched that. It was the first time I've ever seen It's a Wonderful Life. Um, so now John Mulaney's joke is even funnier, because I have the the correct context for it. Um. Wait, what joke does he make about it? Because he was talking, uh, there was the, oh, which show was it in? Where he was just like, get on the ground, where's the money? Where's the money, you motherfucker? Just get on the ground, <laughs> stay on the ground! <laughs> you know that one? Um. Okay. So I watched that, uh, it's all, it was also on my AFI list of to watch, um, it was- off i was off my list just by one though so it didn't affect it too bad uh and then on the couple days after that i watched 13 ghosts because it was on one of my lists and i was just like fuck it i'll just watch oh, it because the, the og uh the one oh which one was 50s which one was or it? early 2000s one early 2000s 2001 oh okay uh, <laughs> yeah no it was the uh Surprisingly, it had like three Arab American leads, I believe, which oh, was not not usual for horror films. Um, 
the guy, if you know, the guy uh, from Monk and the guy from Grand Budapest Hotel and Amadeus are in it. Uh, that's the only two that I knew the entire time. Oh, Mouth and Lilliard's in it, too. Yeah, that's uh, all I know about the That's the all I know. That's all. It's a, it's a wild time. I love the design of the ghosts, but that's pretty much about oh. it, about the whole thing. Um, and then I watched Body at Brighton Rock for the last day of 2020. Because I thought, oh. what better way to end the year than on a woman-directed and written film. So basically, it centers around a girl. She finds a body in the woods where she works. She works at a, like, a preserve, uh, and people go hiking in the wilderness all the time. Uh, and where she is is too far from the station for them to be able to get there in time, uh, to be able to retrieve the body and get out because it's night is starting to fall, and so she has to wait until morning for them to get there. And it's just her having to deal with, you know, you're next to a dead body, it's the night, you've never been in the woods at night before on your own, miles from where people can help you, and it's just having to deal with that, you know, fear. And people were, like, being so mean about it on, you know, IMDb letterbox and stuff, I'm just like, oh, you people think that you wouldn't freak the shit out if you were in the woods on your own at night, right? sitting next to a dead body for the first time in your life? I call bullshit. I had a good time. I enjoyed it. There was also a bear there, so I was like, ooh, the Revenant is yeah. here. yeah i I liked that movie um and then i watched the third and fourth scream movies as my first movies of 2021 um the fourth one was better than the third one in my opinion um yeah but that's just me uh and then i watched more for my afi which was on the waterfront which is the first time i think i've seen marlon brando like, on, like, his actual face, because the only time I think I've ever seen him was when he was in The Godfather, uh, oh. actually acting, and I was, my parents watched it with me, and we were like, so that was a film. <laughs> I didn't you hate it. The Godfather? No, oh, we watched, on it was on the waterfront. No, my parents love The Godfather. God, my dad hates the third one, but he loves the first two, so I was like, yeah, that, that tracks. <laughs> um, and then I watched Some Like It Hot, because. Oh my god. <laughs> We yes. love Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon in drag. Um, I love that movie so much. That Isn't was it so just, fun. Like the best. It's it's so great. I adored it. If you haven't seen it, please watch it as soon as possible. Yeah, I really try to cite that as like when I try to get people to watch like, especially black and white or older films. I always, that's one of my go tos. I'm like, watch this. And <laughs> you'll never look back. It would have been in color, but the makeup that they had to use on Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon looked yeah. weird <laughs> yeah. in order for them to look more women. And if you watch Tony Curtis, anytime he's not talking, his lips look really pursed. He's like, in an interview, he was like, my lips are really thin on top, so I just did a, like, a pursed he's expressions. So <laughs> fucking funny in that movie. <laughs> like, uh, like, obviously Jack Lemmon is God, and, but yes. and, um and Marilyn's great in it too. Like the, I mean, the whole cast. But Tony has to play technically like three roles in that, and he's yeah. funny in all of them. That's all. <laughs> so good. Uh, and yes, I have been watching Cobra Kai. Boom! <laughs> Strike first. So, no mercy. Um, it's pretty gay, but I think we all knew that. <laughs> Fellas. Fellas, is it inherently gay to have a childhood karate rival? For, like, over, like, three decades? Or more? Yeah. Like, 
It's like he's still at each other's throats all this time later, and it's just like so funny. Like these are fifty-year-old children. <laughs> I just oh, got yeah. to the part where they uh, wrecked uh, Johnny's car uh, when he was about to try to make amends, and then he shows up at <laughs> Daniel's house. So the dad like, day. Shit. <laughs> And they were about to start fighting, and then Amanda comes out like, can't wait to watch you two fight and kick each other into a pool. <laughs> she is the best. Like, she deserves so much better. Uh, <laughs> she deserves a Nobel Peace Prize she and a hot does. girlfriend. That's what she deserves. She does. She really does. <laughs> like, God bless her. Uh, she puts up with so much shit. But no, yeah, like... Uh, I know that Johnny's kind of a bit of an asshole, but Daniel is such a bit of an asshole, too. Like, it's so oh, yeah. funny. Like, they're just such assholes. Class trainer <laughs> Daniel LaRusso. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's what's so funny about it, because this whole thing stemmed from, um, like, conversations about the Karate Kid and, like, oh, is Daniel the real bully in it? And, like, was that kick legal, even? And all this stuff. And it's, like, you watch the Karate Kid, and it's, like, oh, they were both, like, little twerps. Yeah. And, what what happens in Cobra Kai is the second they are back in each other's lives and whenever they see each other, they revert back to their 17-year-old asshole selves and <laughs> behave like children. It's so funny. Yeah, show up to your party. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it is so good. I, uh, I can't wait to get to the later seasons. I just know it's going to be even better. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Uh... I know Crease is gonna come back. I can't wait for that. I don't know. I just I'm excited for things. <laughs> um, but other than that, I haven't been up to too much else. Uh, just working at the bookstore, one day at a time, going from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just glad it's 2021. And when this episode tomorrow is, Biden will officially be our new president. <laughs> Boom! Oh my God! Yeah. We're we'll recording take this little victory. Yeah. <laughs> the light uh. at the end of the tunnel is beginning to arrive. Hopefully. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, we have a little announcement too um, that uh, this is going to be a monthly podcast now uh, for a couple reasons. Uh, but one of which is that I'm actually start going to be on another podcast too talking about... Um, we're gonna watch every John Carpenter movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, yeah. like this. This is my friend Xander who was on um, our Insidious episode. Mm-hmm. This is kind of his brainchild of like picking a director and going through their entire filmography. And we're doing John Carpenter first. So I just and I just you know I don't want the quality of this to falter or anything. So I when we put something out, I want it to be good. And so just like less is more. So. We'll yeah. see you once a month from now on. Yes. I also forget yeah. that when we do our intro, we're going to have to change it once you turn 30 because we'll be no longer 20-something. <gasps> Why would you say that? <laughs> I just remembered. I was like, oh, wait, we say these things. Well, I'm going to go walk into traffic now. Uh, <laughs> you can find me at Dyke Madden on Twitter. You can find me at LM Designs on Twitter, and you can find the podcast at Horror Time Pod on Twitter and Stop Horror Time Pod on Facebook. Uh, if you like what we do uh, and you want to support us, totally give us reviews on Apple or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Uh, it's more just to get us to like 
be shared and spread around more than anything. Uh, and this is also a good podcast for people who want to know more about horror movies, but just do not want to watch them, as always. Uh, so thank you guys for listening to us. Uh, we're hopefully going to premiere every third Thursday of the month, as our hopeful schedule for now. Uh, we'll definitely let you know if anything changes. Um, and thanks for tuning in to us for the post of the new year. We will see you guys next month and stay safe and have a good rest of the month. Let's go for 2021 and let's be <laughs> hopeful, I guess. So we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.